The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. I'm really excited over the Word that the Lord has given me to share with you tonight. The title of my message tonight is A Taste of Heaven. Praise God. But before I begin, I would like to talk to you and say just a little bit about angels. I don't know about you, if you have ever given any thought about angels, uh, or if you realize that there are angels. <laughs> that, you know, maybe you haven't even realized that angels are ascending and, then, and descending around you every day, all day long. And they're descending and ascending to your words, the very words that you speak. And I want you to think about that tonight that the angels are descending and ascending to your words, the very words that you speak. In other words, the power of your voice opens up the supernatural. Hallelujah. It tells us in Psalms 103, verse 20 in the Berean Bible, it says, The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His, king, and his kingdom rules over all. In verse 20 it says, Bless the Lord, all His angels, mighty in strength, who carry out His word, who hearken to the voice of his command. Brothers and sisters, in other words, angels are all around watching and listening. As a matter of fact, it says in Hebrews 13, verse 2 in the Berean Bible, it says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing some people have actually entertained angels without knowing it. I know I have, and I bet you have too. Tonight, I want to talk to you about how God has sent His angels to protect you and to watch over you. And you might be wondering why tonight I've decided to preach on angels. Well, I really believe that the Lord wants me to reassure you tonight, that you, um, you of His presence and of His protection. There's a lot going on around us today. And some of us really, I know we say we trust the Lord, but do we really? Do we really trust him to protect us? Doesn't, you know, he has his angelic forces around us all the time. And, and not only his angelic forces, but he himself are watching over us. Amen. I believe, like I said, that he just wants me to reassure you of his presence. I don't believe there's ever been a time when we need to be more aware of the protection of God and of his angelic forces. And I want you to know that based on scripture, that God knows, he's, he's very well aware of what's going on around us today. And he, want, he wants his children to know that they are protected. We know that the Lord has sent his angels to protect us against all of our enemy, the enemies, you know. But before I begin, I really do want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, I want to do as John did and warn you against worshiping angels. You know, I, I'm not here to say that you're supposed to worship angels. As a matter of fact, I want to warn against it. In Revelations 22, in verse 8 and 9 in the Living Translation, it says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, no, no. Don't worship me. He said, I am a servant of God just like you and your brothers the prophets as well as all, all who obey what is written in this book. He said, worship only God. We worship God only. I want to make that clear. We do not worship angel saints, neither do we pray to angels. 
the Bible does say that some Jews were tempted to honor angels for their part in bringing God's word to them. Some even went so far as to worship angels as supernatural beings. However, again, I say we do not seek after angels, neither do we worship angels. As I've said before, we seek God and we seek God alone. We only worship God Almighty Himself. But it's good to know with so much going on in the world today and with so much upheaval and all the fear, there's a lot of fear going on. As a matter of fact, I had an email the other day from a lady, uh, a prayer request that came in. And she said, Pastor Joe, she says, I have so much fear in me. She says, I have lost my eyesight. You know, I get all kinds of emails and prayer requests every day. And and, uh, Christine can vouch for that because we usually send them out something that we think we kind of read it. it, They get prayed over and then we try to send them something that will encourage them. But she went on in detail about some other things. And she says it's gotten to the point, I guess, and the fear in her, I guess, from watching all the media and all the other stuff going around around in us with the virus and everything, and everybody just, I know it's a serious thing. I don't stand up here tonight and say that the virus is not a serious thing, but I also know that we can't be fearful of our own shadow. There comes a time when we must put our trust in our Father and know that He knows that we're here but he cannot operate in your life as long as you're being so fearful. It ties his hand. You cannot trust him and be fearful at the same time. The Bible says that fear, that the love of God casts out all fear. And so we must love love the Lord our God with all our hearts and all our minds. And we must put our faith in him and know that he's got us. I mean, seriously, he has us. I really do not fret about it. And some people say, I should, but I don't say, I don't, I'm not saying, I don't fret because it's not serious, but I just get about my work. That's right. I get about doing the work that the Lord's called me to do. And if I were to stand around and fret over what's going on in the world and feeding on the news every day, I watched five minutes of it one time a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and I had to take a tranquilizer <laughs> to go to bed, and I know I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with the Word of God. It's engrafted in every part of me. But you can't, you know, you have to choose who you're going to serve and who, and who you're going to be fearful. Satan is, I know it's serious, but he's in, you know, using it to put fear on you. So you can't, you know, he, he is trying to shut us up. You know, these masks here, I brought the anointed up for later. But, you know, he, he wants to do anything. He wants to muzzle us like a horse. You know, if you've ever, you ever seen a horse, I'm a farm girl, or was a farm girl, and I know that we used to have muzzles on horses. And they, you know, so they couldn't do certain things, you know, eat this or eat that. You didn't want them to eat certain things. You put a muzzle on them. Well, the enemy don't want us to talk. He don't want us to worship the Lord. But he knows that the only way that we can worship the Lord is through his word, through speaking his word and glorifying him. And we glorify the Lord God with our words and our praise and our worship. And we cannot do this if we are so fearful and we stay muzzled up all the time and we stay lock ourselves up. There's people that are even afraid to come out of their houses. And I know I get these emails, I get these prayer requests, and some of them just break my heart. And I just want to reach out and do everything I can to help them. We do pray for them, and like I said, we send them material trying to encourage them. 
But we can only do so much. Pastor Larry Neal, the people here, they, you can only do so much to help a person. There comes a time that you must start helping yourself. You can, we, can't, we can't only do so much. We can minister to you. It's like you can pray for somebody that's sick. We can minister healing to you through the power of God, through the Spirit of God. But it's up to you to keep it. It's up to you to maintain it. We can't go home with you, and we can't put a bridle on you and watch every word you say. Because it does depend on what you say once you've been laid hands on. You can keep it or you can lose it. It's really entirely up to you. Hallelujah. All the fear, like I said, about what's to come. You know, there's so much fear about what's to come and about what's going, on, go, going to happen in these end days. And I do believe that we're living in these end days. And all you have to do is just look around you and you'll know that we're living in these end days. But I really don't think it's wise of other pastors to be preaching so much on the end days and terrifying the people. I think you need to prepare them. You need to prepare them and encourage them if they have not accepted the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior to accept the Lord Jesus as their Savior. But you can't, you don't need to be making them in more fearful than what they already are. Jesus is going to come when Jesus comes. He doesn't know when he's coming. The Bible says only the Father knows. Nobody knows when he's coming. But we do know he's coming. And all we can do is be, be prepared. And be ready. Be ready. I think it's good to know that God has assigned angels to you and to me to protect us. In Psalms 91.11, New Living Translation, he says, He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. He said, as a matter of fact, uh, as a matter of fact, let's read uh, in verse 19, uh, 9 through 13, New Living Bible. In verse 9, it says, If, I don't want to expand on this, if. There is, saints, there is an if in here. There's a lot of ifs in the Word of God. For We were talking about that the other night, Pastor Larry. If you want to eat the good of the land, if you want to be blessed, in Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, I think, it's if you do this and if you do that, then all this will happen to you. But it's not going to happen to you if you don't. So he says here, if... If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil, he says, will conquer you, and no plague will come near your home. In verse 11, he says, For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. He says, They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now that's some good news, brothers and sisters. He says, he says, you will trample upon lions and cobras. He said, you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. In Hebrews 1, uh, verse 14, in New King James, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Saints, I got good news for you. If you are born again, then you qualify to be ministered to by God's angels. And I think that's some good news. For many years now, when I get into my car, I always pray before driving off. And my prayer is, I know I was out in New Mexico when I was forced to start wearing my seatbelt. I would wear it until I got out of the driveway <laughs> that my husband could see me, and then I'd take it off. 
you know, I, I didn't like being bound. But I found out over the years, I wasn't even, I wasn't a Christian then either, but it didn't matter about the seatbelt. But now I realize there's something more important than a seatbelt. Much more important than a seatbelt, and that's the Word of God and putting your trust in His hands. And so I would say, Lord, I thank you that you've given your angels charge over me, and they keep me in all of my ways. And in my pathway, there's life and health and healing, and there is no death. For I shall not die, but I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. And you find that in Psalms 118, 17, and uh, Psalms 91, 11. Praise God. You know, I've had many encounters with God's angels, and they have rescued me many times. However, I have never seen an angel, but I have encountered a person I thought was an angel. And I have experienced their help. And I know that I wouldn't be here today if they had not intervened on my behalf. And I do not have time tonight to give you all the experiences I've had with angels. And some of them I know sounds impossible, but I know it to be true, you know. But I'm sure that God's angels have rescued you too, like I said before, far more than you even realize. I remember one night while driving back from Hampton, Virginia, to Brookneal, Virginia, that's when my husband was the city manager over there, that I had an angelic experience. It was about a three and a half hour drive from Hampton, Virginia to Brookneal, Virginia. And I had been over to Hampton that day for the doctor's appointment and I had stayed a little longer than I had anticipated and done a little shopping. <laughs> Can't go to see the doctor without doing a little shopping and still be a female. So, <laughs> so it was really kind of late that night when I headed back home and it had been raining really. And of course we've had a lot of that lately. But it had been raining most of the day, so the roads were really dark and wet. And these particular roads, I don't know if you've ever been on any roads like this before, but these particular roads were so narrow that, that it was hardly big enough for one car, you know, let alone two cars. But I remember as I drove down that dark road that night, I was listening. I had, my, I had a cassette, cassette tape in, and I was listening to a cassette tape with Joyce Meyer on her experience with an angel. I'm always, have you, you know, have you always been listening to other people's experiences with God or angels? I saw God. I spoke to him. I had the angel experience. I had this. And you said, God, why not me? I love you too. I'm your daughter. Why not me? But we feel that way sometimes. We feel like we're being ignored. (laughs) So I I was listening that night as, as she was telling about her experience with an angel. And I said to the Lord, Lord, why are all these other people always seeing you or having an angelic experience that I never have? I want you to know, truthfully, saints, I had no sooner got the words out of my mouth than my car hit the high water in the road. Because like I said, it had been raining all day and it was about like this. I, I don't know, because I had not seen the sign because the warning about the high water, because I was listening to the cassette player. I don't even know if there was a sign. But I cried out, oh God, help me. (laughs) For my car was being pulled in the wrong direction. I could almost still feel the car today as it it was being pulled in that water and the the roads and it was woods on both sides and ditches and, and they were all filled with water and my car was being pulled in that direction. And almost immediately, when I called out to the Lord, I could, I could almost feel, I could feel my car being pulled back, 
really supernaturally me back onto the road. And I just kept praying as I kept my hands on the steering wheel and kept going through the water because it was quite a ways before I could get to the other side. But I just kept praying as I went to the water on the other side. I almost felt like Peter and him. Jesus said, go to the other side. <laughs> but they encountered this storm before they got to the other side. Jesus didn't say anything about a storm. But, you know, I was so shaken. And I don't know if you've ever experienced anything to where uh, you've almost collided. I'm sure you have that I could barely drive. And I said, oh, God, thank you. Thank you. I, I could not stop thanking him. And then I said, Lord, I'm never going to ask you again for an experience again. I'm <laughs> never. I said, Lord, thank you for saving me. Saints, I believe it was God's angels directing me through that water. I would not have made it otherwise. I know. I know he did. His word says he's given his angels charge over you and they are to protect you according to Psalms 91. As a matter of fact, let's look at a way that God commanded his angels in chapter in, in 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning with verse 8 in the New Living Translation. Now this is where God sent angels to protect Elijah the prophet and his servant. It says, when the king of Iran was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But it says that immediately Elijah, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel. He would tell the king of Israel everything that was going on. And so Elijah told him, said, do not go near that place, he says, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. Saints, there are many times that the Spirit of the Lord has spoken through Pastor Larry to give David warnings about his company and some of the people in there, the things that were going on that he could only know through the Spirit of God, and it always proved to be true. Thank you, Lord. you know, so uh, what I'm saying is it pays to listen to the voice of the Lord. He can save you from a lot of pain. And also it's good to consult with the Holy Spirit before making a move. You don't really want to make a move without consulting with the Holy Spirit. And God can minister to you through people, through song, through whatever, and that unction in here that you have, you know, but it's not going to help us any if we don't listen, if we just ignore the warnings. But God sends us warnings all the time through that unction in there that you get that feeling that maybe you're going to do something or maybe you uh, are saying something and, and he's saying, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. Or don't say that. Wait. Wait on me. But nine times out of ten, we don't listen. And so we get head over heels in trouble. And then, God help me. <laughs> but you know, I'm so thankful that he loves us regardless. And he always comes to our rescue. I am so thankful that our Father is not human. And that he doesn't hold grudges. <laughs> and he doesn't say, I told you so. You know, praise the Lord. Verse 10 says, So then the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. And it says that time and time again, Elijah warned the king of Israel so that he would be on the alert for the enemy. And verse 11 says, And it says that the king of Iran became so very, very upset over this. And so he called all of his officers together and he demanded, he said, Which one of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? And it says in verse 12, It's not us, my lord the king, one of the officers replied. Elijah the prophet in Israel 
tell, he said, Elijah, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in your own bedroom, in the privacy of your own bedroom. You know, <laughs> I think that's so awesome because, you know, we need to think about that because it really doesn't matter. God will speak to you wherever you are, you know, even in the privacy of your own bedroom, in church, wherever you don't have to be in church to hear from God. It doesn't matter where you are. And so, so one night the king of Iran sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city where Elijah lived. And in verse 15 it says that the next morning when Elijah's servant got up and went outside, there were troops and there was horses and there was chariots everywhere surrounding them. And his servant said, Oh, sir, what will we do now? <laughs> he cried to Elijah. And Elijah said, Don't be afraid. And that's really a word for you tonight, too. Don't be afraid. God is not going to leave you. He knows, he knows what's going on. You know, don't believe him. Believe his word, not what the media says. Yeah. Believe God's word. His word is true. His word has been tried. It's true. And he's never lied to you. He's never forsaken you. He's always been there. Always. And he said, and his servant said, Oh, sir, what we're going to do? And he cried, Don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than on ours. Hallelujah. You know, that calls for a sailor. And sailor, all that means is just pause and think about it for a minute. Saints, there are always, always more on your side, on our side, than on the devil's side. It may not look like that sometimes. Sometimes it looks like that we're surrounded by the enemy on every side. You know, it could be in your health. It could be in your finances. But sometimes you just feel like that you can't take any more, that you're just being pressed in. Like uh, Paul and them were, they were pressed on all sides, he said. But we didn't give up. He said, we just kept trusting the Lord. We never gave up. We just kept on trusting. And that's what we got to do. Right now, sometimes we feel like we're being pressed on every side. We look around us, we look like we live uh, people from another planet. You know, I feel like some of the movies I used to watch on Star Wars. You know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, not, it's not funny, but it's sad. It really is. Then Elijah prayed, Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. That's what I say tonight. God, Father, open their eyes. Open our eyes so we can see, to see that you are the only one that is going to protect us. Just think about, you know, in Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, they, they didn't bow down. They didn't bow down. You know, they weren't going to worship other gods. In other words, we're bowing down now to a lot of things that we shouldn't bow down to. I'm not saying don't be safe and cautious. I'm just saying trust God. You know, they didn't, they didn't bow down. They said, oh, King Ebuchadnezzar. I think it was in Ebuchadnezzar. Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar, thank you. He built this big old gold statue, and he made all these decrees and laws and everybody... Actually, you know, the guys, if you read it, they put him up to it anyway, trying to trick the, the Hebrews. But anyway, he said, oh, don't have to explain myself to you. You know, when they said, you know, you're going to bow down, I'm going to throw you in the hole. And they said, we don't have to explain ourselves to you for the God we serve. He'll rescue us. And if he doesn't, 
be it known to you. I'm still not going to bow down. You know, so just don't be foolish. I'm not saying be foolish, but I'm just saying don't bow down. And we know the story because they got thrown in and the, and the guards that he said he picked the heaviest one he had, the biggest ones he had to throw him in. And when he threw him in, they, they died. And the king said, hey, didn't we throw three men in there tied up? Aren't they four in there walking around? <laughs> you know, there's four in there walking around. He said, and one looks like God. God sent angels to rescue them. They were, can you imagine? You know, it's, it's, if you think about it, it can, it can blow your mind, you know. Just think they were actually walking in the fire. Walking in the fire. And it burnt, did not burn them. They, and he called them out. He said, come on out. And all the people gathered around. Their clothes weren't burned. They said they weren't even singed. There was no even, not even smoke on them. You know, so all for the courage today. Yeah. Just, just a little tidbit of that courage that they had today. Praise God. Amen. And he said, Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And it says that when the servant looked up, he saw that the hill around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots and fire. Hallelujah. My point here, saints, is not only did God allow Elijah to know what was being said in the privacy of the king's bedroom, but when the king of Iran sent his armies up against Elijah, God sent his angels to protect Elijah and his servant. And he even opened the eyes of the servant so he could see for himself. Now think about that. In the Bible, the angels are referred to as messengers or in the Greek or the Hebrew as host. And the definition for host is a well-trained army. It means one prepared for war. As I stated earlier, angels respond just like soldiers under a general's command. In Revelation, John talks about the war at the end of days. He speaks about the angels of God, and he uses military language, which is what the word host means. The hosts of heaven are the armies of God, and the armies of God are the angels of his creation. In Colossians 1, Verse 16 in New King James, it says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him for and for him. Hallelujah. Again, it says in Ephesians 6.12, he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. If you will recall, there was a war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against a dragon. And the dragon fought, and his angels fought, but they were defeated. And it says that the great dragon was cast out, that old servant called the devil, the deceiver, and his angels were cast out with him, according to Revelation 7. It says that Lucifer won the support of a third of the angels, but he lost the battle. I say again, they, a third of the angels were cast out. Of, he took them with him, but he lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. Lucifer was called Satan, adversary, and devil, slanderer, deceiver, 
and his angels are called demons. So since they're angels, they're also host, but they're evil host. Saints, you need not be afraid of the rulers of the darkness and against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places, because it tells us in Ephesians 2, 6, the Lord said that he has raised you up together with him and made you to sit down together, giving you joint seating with him in the heavenly realm. So you and I have been seated far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. Hallelujah. It tells us that in 1016. And if you're born again, you have God's angels fighting for you. I think that's good news. God has given every righteous person an angel. It says in Psalms 34, 19, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Praise God. The New King James Version says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Praise God. Amen. We don't ever have to worry about God delivering us. He knows. He said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he said, I'm going to deliver you out of them all. But you got to trust him. Yep. They got to trust him. I think that's some good news. You know, a lot of people think that everyone belongs to God, but that's not scriptural. That's not true. You belong to God if you've accepted his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Not based on your works. He says it's not based on your works, but it's by faith. Right. You, you, you can do be as good as you want to, but until the day that you accept Christ Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you're not one of his. But a lot of people think they are. And I think in the tent revivals that we have coming up, that a lot of people that think, that think they are born again are not. And my prayer and all of our prayers are that when they leave, they will be. Yeah. Amen. They will be filled with the Holy Spirit and they will know that there is a difference. There is a difference. In John 8, 41, it says, Jesus told the Pharisees that they were doing the deeds of their father. In verse 44, as a matter of fact, Jesus said, for you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things that he does. So as I said before, if you have given your life to Jesus, then God has his angels encamped around and about you, and there's no need for you to be fearful. I don't know about you, but I believe in angels because number one, the word says so, and because I've been saved by them. Hallelujah. I've actually experienced their presence, as I've said before. And saints, they're not, they, angels, you know, I, I thought about this today and I told David, I said, hmm, I'm talking about this and Valentine's Day is coming up. But anyway, <laughs> and saints, they're not like these things that Victoria's Secret uses around Valentine's Day. No, 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 no. They are mighty warriors. Angels jet around in the spiritual realm and, and on earth at lightning speed. And they're all around you. And I'll tell you something else. They're not those little fat babies with bows and arrows either. But they are warriors just waiting to hearken to God's voice. And I believe as we give voice to God's word that the angels hearken to the word of God that we speak based on Hebrews 1.14 and Psalms 103. In Isaiah 59, 21, it says, As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit, which is upon you, and my words, which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth. Not the mouth of your offspring, not the mouth of your offspring's offsprings, says the Lord, from now and forever. 
And Matthew 10, 20 says, For it is not you who speaks, but it is the Spirit of your Father who speaks to you. Psalms 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. The fear of the Lord is not to be afraid of him, but the fear of the Lord is to trust him, is to trust him. I know that night that my car hit that high water, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me and he sent his angels to help me. There is many verses in the Bible where it says that he called upon my name, he called upon the Lord and I rescued him. And, and, and it's, God is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. He has not changed. So he rescued them there. That was in Old Testament, most of it. And we have a far better covenant today in the New Testament than they had in the Old Testament. I remember one night when my sisters and I were going to Maryland for my granddaughter's baptism. And I accidentally exited the wrong exit. And I landed right downtown about 10 o'clock at night in a part of town that didn't look too safe, didn't look too good. And there were tons of people all around me. And this was before we had GPS. Now it probably wouldn't be much of a problem. I could just say, Siri, you know, put, tell Siri what to do. Oh, Siri's got where she talks to me when I don't talk to her. My phone has been acting crazy. You know, the other night my daughter was over there and my phone was laying there and it was off. And I was talking to her and, and Siri all of a sudden says, well, I didn't get that. <laughs> and I thought I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> but you know, about long after, but we're sitting on the sofa and uh, Siri spoke up again, you know, and said something. And I said, Leanne, this is weird. I said, this phone is talking and I haven't talked to her. <laughs> but I want you to know that I, I, was, I was afraid. I stopped and I prayed. And I've done this in the past before. When I've gotten longer needed directions, I, I got it so much better than GPS. But I stopped and I prayed and I asked God to help me and I asked him to send someone to guide me. And shortly after I finished praying, that's another thing. When we pray to God, we need to be pacific with our prayers. Be pacific. Don't just say, Lord, help me. I mean, that night I just said, Lord, help me. I didn't have time to say anything else. But this time I did have time to just pull over and pray. And so I stopped and I prayed and asked God to help me. And shortly after that, I felt led to pull over to the curb and ask this man standing there for directions. And my sisters didn't want me to stop, you know, or put the windows down. They thought I was crazy. You know, you're putting your windows down in the middle of this nowhere. But I knew in my spirit that God had sent someone and it was this man that God had sent. And he directed us, I went and asked the man, and he directed me on how to get back onto the main road and he was very meticulous. I noticed that he was very meticulous in giving me directions. He told me several times, he repeated himself, please go straight and do not turn or stop, but take a right at this particular street. Wow. And he says, and, and it will take you back to where you want to go or where you need to be. The street I turned on, I, I still can almost see it today. It was really dark and dreary and scary, but I knew that I needed to keep driving. And sure enough, I was put right back on the interstate like I'd never gotten off. And I know you might be thinking some of you out there, well, Pastor Joe, anyone could have given you those directions? And yes, you're probably right. 
Only I knew in my spirit that this wasn't just another man. I don't know how I knew this, but I knew. And when we turned around and looked, he was gone. How did Abraham know that the men that, had, that, that came to see him were angels? How did he know? They looked like regular men, but Abraham knew in his spirit that they weren't. In Genesis 18, 1 and 2, now the Lord appeared to Abraham in verse 1, and then in verse 2 it says that Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing opposite him, and when he saw them, it says that he ran out of his tent, ran from the tent door to meet them, and he bowed down himself to the earth. Abraham knew, just like I knew, by the Spirit of the Lord. That's how you knew. That's how Pastor Larry knew what he knew. It was by the Spirit of the Lord. Showing him, showing him what was going to happen. Since it's a forewarning, you know, you can take it or leave it. David took it. But one thing I want you to remember, saints, is that you're not alone here. And God does have his heavenly angels watching over you. So no matter what you've been hearing on the news or in your church or wherever, and those of you listening, whether it's in your church or at your work, on your job, whatever it is, I want you to know that God's never going to leave you and he's never going to you, forsake you. No, never. It says in Revelation 3, verse 10, in closing, it says, God said, because you have kept my word about patient endurance, he says, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. And Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong and be courageous. He says, Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. Saints, He will not leave you, and He will not ever, ever forsake you. Hallelujah. And let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much. I thank you for the anointing tonight to speak your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me umption. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing back to my remembrance and helping me recall the Word of God and making it alive and quicken it into my spirit. I thank you, Father, for all those that are here tonight and all those that are listening online. I thank you, Father, for the Word that you gave me. I thank you, Father, that you said there's no need to be afraid. There's no need to be fearful. For you said, Lord, that the, that the love of God cast out all fear. Help us to understand, Lord, that we need your help. We need your help. We all need your help. And, and we can't receive that help until we put our trust in you. So, Father, my prayer tonight is all those who are listening online, all those who are in here tonight, will begin to put their faith in you, that they will begin to focus on the Word of God and all your promises and not be focusing on the things of the world. We don't, we're, we're, of, we're in this world, Father, but we're not of this world. And we don't need to focus all of our attention. I don't mean that we should be ignorant, but we shouldn't be overloaded with the things of the world to the point to where it affects our health and our well-being. Not only our physical bodies, but our spiritual well-being and, and, and even our minds, Lord. People are losing their minds. People, are, their bodies are being attacked through strife and fear and stress. 
it's causing all kinds of things going on in this earth, Lord. So I pray and I just really pray, Father, that you will impress upon them that you are the answer. And there is no other answer, but you are the answer to whatever is going on in their life. And no matter what the fear is, the, your, your word says, Father, you did not give us a spirit of fear, but you gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And when we realize that and act on that, we will, we will be able to act in the power and authority that you have blessed us with. So, Father, again, I thank you tonight, and I thank you for this word, and I thank you for being here with me to help me to deliver it. For it's in Jesus' name we praise you and give all the glory. Amen.